I V M. No matter where you are, having a public transport system makes life so much easier. My favorite public transport is taking the bus. It's cheap, good for the environment, and very comfortable, especially if it's one of those sleeper buses. More people should take the bus if they can. Maybe you'll make a friend or two in your bus journey. Buses have been a boon to intercity traveling as a cheaper travel option. And today, technology has made accessing bus services easier than ever before. With websites that make purchasing tickets faster along with competitive pricing, comfortable affordable intercity travel is slowly becoming accessible to all, especially the next half billion. The next half billion or the NHB are the core of this podcast. They represent the second big wave of internet users in India, hence the term next. We define them as the cohort of 500 million first-time internet users who have come online via mobile phones in the last 5 years. From a demographic standpoint, they are mainly from the bottom 60% of India's income distribution. They are owners of small businesses like beauty salons and kirana shops and also blue-collar workers, domestic workers, security guards, etc. They are building a greater comfort with tech and represent the hustle and ambition of an aspiring India. I'm Nivedita, an ex-engineer turned comedian and writer. And I'm Utsav, an ex-engineer, market researcher, traveler and podcaster. And you're listening to Smartphone Nation. how the next half billion are shaping their future online in today's episode we talk about how technology is making intercity travel easier you and i are both migrants you have lived in multiple countries and across cities within india and i too have crisscrossed the country for education and work but can you estimate the number of people in india who migrate i'd say about 2 or 3 crores you're off by a factor of at least 5 as per the economic survey of india 2016-17 There are over a hundred million migrant workers in India. Wow, that's close to ten percent of India's population. That's a pretty big number. So let me ask you this then: What is the number one reason women migrate? Well, I'm not sure, but I'm hoping it's for work. I think marriage, because of the cultural practice of a woman moving into a man's house after marriage, women migrate permanently and lay down new roots. I'm familiar with this. I have two sisters who permanently moved after marriage, so Ah, there you go. You know about this then. Migration in India is complex. Crores of people migrate seasonally for work. They take up challenging work from construction and brick cleans to rural harvesting operations. Then there is circular migration. The durations can be as short as a day or a week, in which case they are referred to as commuters, numbering in the tens of millions who frequently board buses and trains. bound towards a nearby town or city and there are other reasons we have discussed marriage education job transfers business festivals and involuntary displacements what exactly do you mean by involuntary displacements i hate to be the bearer of bad news but india is already facing climate migration according to a world bank report in 2020 alone about 1.4 crore indians migrated due to the slow onset of climate change this is particularly acute in coastal regions of india owing to rising sea levels and frequent cyclones making it challenging for people to have sustained incomes and a good quality of life i don't expect there to be any reversal in climate migration or migration otherwise anytime soon so this means that we are a country that's constantly on the move but we require transit infrastructure and affordable travel options remember the annual chinese migration chunyun a 40 day period when crores of people travel back to their homes for the lunar new year in 2023 2 billion trips were taken, 
Flights and trains were booked out well in advance and people were scrambling to find other ways to get home. Well, that's the case in India too. Anyone who has tried to book a train ticket for going home on Diwali or tried to book a Tatkal ticket knows that it is a combination of high-speed internet connection, the fastest finger first, and having multiple people trying to book for you. Consider the case of Suresh. He hails from the small town of Yadgir in Karnataka, but works at a pantry in a Mumbai office. He visits his village for festivals and emergencies and takes about four to five trips in a year. This is his experience of booking a train ticket. My village is in Karnataka, around 630 kilometers away, so it takes me around 12 hours to reach Mumbai. If I get on a train at night, I get down the next morning. The train runs for 12 hours. It's difficult to book the tickets directly at the station because the line is always very long because there are a lot of people who want to go back to their villages. Even though booking tickets at the station is cheaper than booking them online, most people book their tickets online. If there's a festival or a special occasion, you have to book the tickets 15 days to a month in advance. But if it's a normal day, then it doesn't take time to book a ticket. Suresh's ticket booking window is the norm in India. A recent report by Booking.com revealed that Indians only plan their travel as much as 29 days in advance, compared to 60 to 90 days globally. This means that for many, train travel is not a reliable option. This is exactly what Siddharth Nautial a partner at Omidia Network India, an investment firm which invests in a range of startups including those in the mobility space, talks about. Here is Siddharth talking about the demand-supply mismatch in Indian trains. Train travel in, in India is, is clearly driven by, uh, by, by one entity, which is the Indian Railways. And uh, supply for the Indian Railways is driven by on its own cadence. Uh, so what that means is that if people end up buying tickets, maybe three quarters of them don't get those tickets confirmed for the days that they want to travel. There are 25 million people a day who travel on trains. Now, many of these are short term. So Bombay locals will take 5 million of these uh, or maybe more. Uh, but many of these are long term. On that long distance travel, uh, given that 75% of supply of demand is unmet because of supply being what supply is, this is why affordable road travel in India is critical for continued economic progress and social mobility. While railways is the highest penetrated category at 82%, intercity bus is the least penetrated at 18%. Suresh has the same lament. Here's him talking about why he doesn't usually travel on a bus. Right now where I live, Khar or Dadar, there are no facilities to my village from there. I can go to Vasai or any other place on the outskirts of Mumbai, but to my village, there is no such service as of now. So if I have to go to my village, I take a train from Dadar to CST, and then from there, I directly take a train to my village. We have been traveling by trains for many years. I have traveled by train with family as well as alone. I don't use the bus as much because the bus facilities aren't available in my area, and I end up going further away if I ever want to travel by bus. This is also the opportunity that Kapil Raizada, the co-founder of Intercity, was interested in. Kapil is also the founder of Rail Yatri, a train ticket booking app. From years of running Rail Yatri, he intimately understood that a consistent gap in the supply of train tickets meant that road travel would become increasingly important. Intercity, as the name suggests, is a bus company focusing on long-distance bus travel across India. See, bus travel growth in India, I think, is inevitable. Inevitably going. And the reason for that is pretty simple. 
there are only three ways for Indians to travel. Plane, train or bus. Uh, I'm ruling out cars because they are prohibitively expensive. Uh, you know, we're talking of two kilometers, two rupees per kilometer, five rupees per kilometer, suddenly 20 rupees a kilometer if you take a car, right? So if I look at these three, train, plane and bus, planes is still a little above the price category in many cases. It is primarily a competition between uh, trains and bus. They operate in the same price. Price category, same duration, same features, similar uh, benefits overnight. As travel increases, trains capacity are, will find it very difficult to increase. Because to increase train capacity, you need to increase track capacity. And to increase bus capacity, you need to increase the road network. And there is just too much disproportionate, I would say, focus uh, in terms of highway capacity expansion. right? And it's far easier and quicker to do also. So I see no alternative to affordable public transportation other than buses for India in the next 10 years or so. I actually will go further and say there, is a, there will be a Tina factor network. There is no alternative. I agree with Kapil about the rise of bus travel. But honestly, my own bus travel experiences have not been great. The driver is either rude or does not care. The buses are frequently late and they just stop randomly to pick up people from the highways. I'd say it's different in the South. I've travelled by bus all my life, whether it's the local buses or intercity buses. Tamil Nadu has very good bus connectivity. And you get these intercity sleeper buses that are so comfortable and cheap. I travelled in a sleeper bus from Cochin to Coimbatore recently and thought I was getting scammed when I saw the fancy pictures of the bus on the site. But it turned out looking exactly like the photos. I was so surprised. But I've had trouble with bus travel here in Maharashtra. I got off on the highway when I was coming back to Mumbai from Nashik and fully regretted it. So I believe that your experience with buses has been worse than mine. But Kapil feels like there are reasons for why this happens. Listen to Kapil. It is a very complicated business. And the reason for that is, one, the lot size is not as large as a train or a plane. So think about, you have an asset a bus, which is never in front of you. In, in in long distance travel, rarely does the business happen in front of the owner. These are assets out of your sight, hopefully in your mind for sure. But imagine, you know, 20 buses parked at five other different parts of the city, going to five other remote cities with some staff that you have deputed over there. There is no way for an owner to actually know what's happening inside those buses most of the times. They are dependent often on poorly trained staff to give them feedback. There may be challenges in the process. Actually, this business is a black box even for its owners. And, and they have a lot to do. I mean, in terms of, you know, ensuring the kind of quality of the vehicle, ensuring what's happening in there, uh, collections, ticketing, revenue management, defect management, vehicle performance. You know, I never thought about it this way. The fact that bus owners rarely see their vehicles and have so much to control and take care of. I mean, I guess in my simple worldview, it was just about getting from point A to point B. And now consider the nuance that long-distance travel is like a hospitality business. Users want comfort and convenience. If there's a seat, it needs to be clean. If there's a blanket, it needs to be washed. Users would want to interact with professional and courteous staff. This seems like too many things to manage. How does one begin to solve this? Kapil has boiled it down to a few key factors which make or break the bus experience. Here's Kapil. There, there are only five things that we really care about. I mean, you know, say one is punctuality, clean bus, courteous staff. Uh, we added two. This was traditionally what people were trying to, uh, you know, get kind of under control. Then we added two more, which is 
safe boarding and deboarding and uh, toilets inside the bus so these are long distance uh, travel so uh, so i think these five are enough if we deliver 100% on these five attributes of travel i think we are there uh, but that's just for the entire game is you know how do you how do you take it from 70% 80% 90% to you know the goal is always 100% i agree with everything he just said but how do you take it up to 100% we will get to that but right after the short break Welcome back to Smartphone Nation. To reach 100% efficiency, one of the things Intercity has done is to eliminate the conversation between the driver and the passenger. What? Okay, I'm not following this. I was recently on a bus from Jodhpur to Jaisalmer and the bus was running late. It's not fun to be waiting outside at 6 a.m. on a cold winter morning. The only way for me to know the location was to call the bus driver. Yeah, but tell me something. Would you want your bus driver to be talking to you on the phone or focus on driving? Of course I want him to focus on driving. So then it makes sense to have someone else answer passenger queries. Thanks to smartphones this can be done in simple ways. Think about your bus journey from Jodhpur to Jaisalmer. What was the most important thing you wanted to know? Mm, where exactly is my bus and when will it arrive? Now if you attach a GPS device and or a CCTV, you have created a digital twin of the bus. The operator then knows where exactly the bus is. and the same information can be relayed to the customer so if you know the bus is 20 minutes late you can relax and have a cup of chai ah yes nothing makes waiting easier than a cup of chai plus now i know i can drink it in peace without having to finish it on the bus risking it spilling all over me and just like tea and its lovers all across the nation bus travel too has a wide array of uses so usually if i take a step back people travel mostly for work Uh, in india even social is classified as work you know like attending a marriage attending a birth death you know although there there are various that even the people do go right so it could be social work it could be business work people travel for work most right? now if you take a 7 8 hour journey uh, people don't want to spend the day time so they want to travel by night there's two advantages one you save time and second you save on the cost of a hotel overnight stay and that's just middle india for you for example right value for value for time value for money right so people travel overnight long distances mostly um, you will see males traveling mostly uh, i would say about 75 25 the women also but that's how the ratio works overnight uh, and uh, our uh, focus segment is usually if you look at business travelers students government servants who are you know typically posted in one city maybe family staying in another city Uh, sales marketing professionals and small trader community as they are they are, they form the bulk of of the travelers age group would roughly be students of course would be in that college going ages or 18 19 to 20 24 but uh, other than that cohort generally between uh, the early 20s to maybe late 30s that's that's the sweet spot and uh, and uh, about i would say 70% would be single travelers I mean that's a pretty diverse crowd. I wonder what the commonality between them is. One of the highest traffic routes in India is people going from tier 2 or 3 towns to a tier 1 or a metro. Consider a place like Delhi. People from UP, Punjab, Himachal, Rajasthan and even Bihar would come to Delhi for a whole host of reasons. The big cities feed a cluster of small towns around them. These big cities become the hubs. 
and a 600 to 700 kilometer radius becomes zones where most travel happens. I get what you're saying. Instead of looking at people, looking at the type of routes is the common thing. Never really thought about it that way. But here's my question. What about the travel needs of the next half billion? They are definitely traveling by road. But is the industry meeting their needs? Kapil sees this as a fundamental question, not just for the industry, but also for the government. The answer, according to him, lies in a combination of infrastructure and increased competition. Here is Kapil. People travel by bus from Delhi all the way to Bihar during festive season. Right? I mean, there is bus going from Bangalore to Jodhpur, by the way. These are like 1200 kilometer plus routes. And the reason they are doing it is because they can't, the flight is too expensive. Especially if there's no direct flight, it becomes even more expensive. And train capacity are generally choked. Like, you know, 60 days ahead, you can't get a ticket. The need for a economical, affordable, long distance travel, you know, is, is there's no two questions about. And, uh, you know, as the buses are getting better, the roads are getting better. What's happening is the range is increasing. In my three, four, four, five years of business, I can, I'm seeing, you know, that the 600 kilometers, we can now do 800 kilometers, 900 kilometers. Um, I'm hearing this Delhi-Bombay highway coming up, for example. It's a 14 hours overnight uh, services, right? See, the more the competition, everybody becomes more efficient and cost-effective. So, our focus also has been, that's why focus on long-distance travel. Our average distance is already more than 500 kilometers. Average trip that we are uh, in the past has. And, uh, and I do see, you know, more scale coming in, more reliability coming in, better highways coming in. That 600 will become 800, 900 automatically because, you know, it's more comfortable, faster, less stoppages, less, more bypasses, etc. Et As a country, we are becoming more efficient in terms of our ability to transport people from A to B. And thanks to smartphones, these tickets are increasingly being booked online on apps and mobile websites. Intercity alone has 90% of its tickets booked online. So it would be safe to say that the rest of the industry would have similar numbers. UPI payments have helped accelerate this adoption. I agree with everything you just said. But I feel there is one more aspect of the experience where the industry and the government collectively need to think about. The experience at the bus stand itself. Compared to an airport or a train station, the bus stand sees little investment. The quality of infrastructure is lacking and there are very few facilities. For example, anyone who has seen the new Bangalore Airport Terminal and Majestic Bus Stand knows what I'm talking about. Or Delhi Airport and ISBT for that matter. Yep, we need to continuously invest in mobility infrastructure. If we are to fulfill the aspirations of the next half billion, we need to provide them with convenient, comfortable and cost-effective ways to travel by bus. The smartphone has been the catalyst for this revolution and we can only go upwards from here. Thank you for tuning into Smartphone Nation. I'm Utsav. And I am Nivedita. This was Smartphone Nation. Tune in next week for another story on how the next half billion are shaping their future online. If you like our show, please subscribe to the Smartphone Nation YouTube channel. Don't forget to rate and review us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Share this episode with your friends as it helps the show reach more people. You can listen and subscribe to Smartphone Nation on the IVM Podcasts app or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is also available in Hindi and Tamil. A special thanks to Omidyar Network India for making this season possible. 
To know how ONI is partnering with bold and purpose-driven entrepreneurs who are working to improve the lives of India's next half billion, visit omidianetwork.in. Tell us what you think of the show. You can find our hosts on Twitter and Instagram. Utsav can be found on the Instagram ID at YWeTravel42. You can reach out to Nivedita on Instagram at niv.prakasam. You can follow IVM on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at the ID at IVM Podcasts.